Look, we, we sit here and we crap on about, honestly. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Welcome to Fire Up. It's Chris Gale here once again without Dennis Carnahan. Dennis is on assignment on the weekend. He was in a typical Parisian cafe sitting on the streetscape looking out. He had the Eiffel Tower in the corner of one eye, the Louvre in the corner of another eye, the Arc de Triomphe in the corner of his third eye, <laughs> and he watched the Raiders beat the Storms on KO. Life is good for Dennis. We may never see him again. Pantsman Pat will be joining us later in this podcast, but it's my very distinct pleasure to welcome our special guest today. He is the legal counsel for Venues New South Wales, if I can use that term, and crisis manager for the Sydney Roosters. Please welcome Stephen Gorry. Stephen, hello. Chris, thank you. What a, what a fabulous welcome. I prefer to call myself... Uh... Head of uh, Integrity or something along those lines, but uh, Crisis Manager will do. <laughs> Head of Integrity of the Roosters. So that's one of those oxymoron. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Titles. Now, Stephen, we're going to talk a little bit about your involvement in rugby league at a different time, not on this podcast because no one's interested, but I exactly. will want to hear some of the stories emanating out of venues in New South Wales that relate to rugby league, particularly the new gleaming stadium that I believe you moved into earlier today. Is that we, right? Uh, yesterday, that's right. But before we do... There's been a lot of consternation in rugby league. This is unusual? No. And the latest consternation is about the rescheduling of the origin to the three Wednesday night formats rather than the Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday format that we enjoyed this year. Now, from the Penrith Panthers, the eminent Brian Fletcher had this to say in relation to the rescheduling. Brian, as you know, is um, the Panthers group chief executive and also one of the co-hosts of the Matty Johns Late Show. In relation to rugby league players, Brian had this to say, they are not robots. They can't go forever. We fought hard for that Sunday standalone game, so players and clubs weren't knocked around too much. The broadcast deal means that Sunday will go and the players' welfare should come first. The pattern we had this year was perfect. Is Brian Fletcher correct? Are rugby league players not robots? Well, I like to think of them as robots and replaceable in all those circumstances, but there's a there's a point to make there. I, I was very disappointed that the Sunday game, the Sunday standalone game went away, and mainly because I thought the international representative round was fantastic. Yeah, we all enjoyed that. We did indeed. So if if they could keep that sort of arrangement in place, I think I'd be I'd be happier. But the robot, I mean, look, let's face it, it's been a Melbourne storm thing since the the 90s with the four who was that uh, prototypical robot ben rorty you know i just going back to him hello ben shout out uh, friend of the show um i just i i would like to think that uh, we've gone better than robots we've got better than robots in which case um you know okay fletcher you might be right well you know there was a, a lot of people us included used to joke that the melbourne storms were robots mm -hmm. And then, of course, we felt that Cooper Cronk was kicked out of the Storms because, in fact, he wasn't a robot. He was a replicant. And he didn't really, really fit in. But the way in which the Storms have evolved over recent years from being that rather robotic, systematic, metronomic team to a vastly expansive Munster-type caper, the likes of Jerome Hughes and poor old Ryan Pappenhausen, mm -hmm. whose kneecap very much will need to be replaced by Bionics as a result of what sadly happened to him on the weekend. You couldn't call the Storm robots anymore. No. And so I think Fletcher's correct that they're not robots, but what are they? And, of course, you go to what we've identified this year on Fire Up as the grand unifying force in rugby league, the omniscient, 
driving stuff, if you like, that I'm sure that you're influenced and uh, uh, at times affected by, and that, of course, is Gus Gould. <laughs> and people were saying, is this it? After 15 years of everybody death riding the storm and saying, surely they can't do it again, have they finally fallen off their perch? Now, Gus said teams go through form slumps, et cetera, et cetera, and he says they're not robots. So Gus Gould agrees with Brian Fletcher and very specifically the storms are not robots, but goes on to say they have been able to regenerate on a number of occasions. Are we learning from Gus Gould that, in fact, the Melbourne storms originate in Gallifrey and that they're time lords? Almost certainly, I would have thought. It is remarkable, though, that... um Bellamy has been so fantastic at taking whatever um, constituent elements he has in players or otherwise and turning them into these things. They, they've been super exciting this year. I've loved watching them this year. They've been really, really good. So I, I agree. They've been the least robotic I can remember them for years. And I think a lot of that's down to Pappenhausen and, and Jerome Hughes. Well, you know, Bellier can see the finish line. And, you know, he's he rolled the dice arguably one last time this year and potentially he's doing it again next year. Is there a slight air of desperation around the storms with everything not going their way? Obviously, these problems with Pappenhausen losing a glue-like player like Christian Welsh. And I don't know if you caught the game against the Canberra Raiders on the weekend, but there was, a, there was a little burrow from dummy half try, probably Harry Grant from memory. And the Canberra players sort of looked up and looked around. There was a clear whistleblown. So generally, we're encouraging whistleblowers in modern society, but... It seems to me that the storms have sunk to a new depth, that they've actually got someone planted in the ground who blows a whistle at inopportune times for the opposition defence. And is that whistleblower Craig Bellamy? <laughs> He's in two places at once. He, it, it's a, it's a, a phantom siren-style situation. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's the phantom whistle. A phantom whistle. So someone's phantom whistle down in the corner near the thing to throw off the players. It's a, it's a brilliant stratagem, if I can say that. And you know what? I don't mind it because I'm sick of that bloody cowbell. Right, that cowbell has been going ever since it was Olympic Park. If we get a different, if we can actually get a Melbourne Storm pickup like Gamelan style orchestra with whistles and cowbells and you know garbage tin lids and all that sort of thing, at least that'd be some cultural contribution for so, the Storm. So you're against more cowbell, is what uh, you're saying? Okay. I'm actually a big Blue Oyster Cult fan. <laughs> I'm about to say, and we, we don't need to go down that route. Simply to say that they've got more range than Don't Fear the Reaper. If you ever hear their album. Brontosaurus, Cultosaurus erectus, you won't be disappointed. Now, turning to you, Stephen, um, you're a card-carrying supporter of which rugby league franchise? The Sydney Roosters, Chris. And is it fair to say that you've been retained by them in various capacities to assist? Is that a, a fair summation? Well, as a lawyer, um, there have been things to do over the years, yes. Uh, I've been involved in the club now for uh, about 10 years. Um, I do some work with the juniors. Um, it's been tremendous fun. They're an excellent club. I, I, I roughly understand that um, that doesn't make 15 out of 16 other teams or otherwise all that happy, but no, they've been a, a great part of my life. Well, I know the Roosters want to thank you for your service. <laughs> and you do sit on the board of the Junior football, right. junior football, and yeah. and not the biggest. Uh, I, I was I was going to say you, you've got a responsibility for dozens of kids as a result of that. Is <laughs> more, that right? More than that, more than that. But I'm not saying how many more. That's right. No, we we, we have a, an active junior um, situation with the Roosters, which is good. But what they've done in the last few years, in particular, is uh, look further afield, and certainly the Central Coast, which um, you know, I I hope we get to talk about the game on the weekend because it was so terrific. The Central Coast has become quite a nursery. It's, it's contested territory for all of the teams 
But East have made a there it is. East have made a strong commitment up there over the years with uh, with Wyoming other teams and and really got a good junior nursery for boys and girls I should say up there. Well, I'm hearing a lot about the uh, Roosters Junior Development, of course, the academy, and a centrepiece of that is the uh, block of flats that Nick Politis has uh, retrofitted out, has he, for the young players? Have you, have you been or seen part of that facility? I've driven past. Have you? It's, it's, it's near, uh, near the University of New South Wales. It's a, it's a very large block of flats, can I say. And we were at the Roosters Foundation fundraiser down at the Intercontinental and Double Bay, sponsored by the House of Cador Jewelers, that raised $1.2 million. I wasn't. I, I don't think I'm in the right price bracket to be in those things. No, that was apparently a spectacular uh, a spectacular evening, and the foundation is, um, it looks to me to be a roaring success. So is, that's great. Is that is that how exclusive the Roosters are that you're actually on the board of the juniors and they do a fundraiser for the juniors and you don't cop an invite. Well, I'm not sure that I, it was a fundraiser for the juniors. I uh, I wasn't there anyway. <laughs> and look, you might have talked in another format of this show previously, but uh, you are the man, and I always love telling people this about you, you are the man who was responsible for the coining of the term vanilla contract when Sonny Bill Williams was brought to the Roosters in 2013. What what inspired you to come up with that moniker? Well, it was a, a sort of a commercial term used there for a while, vanilla contract, meaning, you know, nothing nothing too special about it, just vanilla, um, but uh, and, and vanilla rice. Um, but I used it and it, it, uh, it just as so many things in rugby league, uh, the issuing of writs, which no one ever says anymore, but in rugby league, it says, you know, uh, lingua franca um, and those sorts of things. Uh, I said it. And of course, the paper, the guys in the paper picked up next day and ran with it. Thought it was terrifically funny, and from then on, it's just been a, a term that um, is associated with contracts which are simpler their nature, uh, without being uh, thoroughly boring. The rugby league contract is a pretty standard contract. There's an NRL version, so really, there's not many great terms that need to be explained or otherwise. So it fits into the uh, under the rubric. Uh, vanilla pretty comfortably. And this might be an act that's um, consigned to history now, particularly with DocuSign, but in your capacity, have you actually ever torn up a player's contract physically? <laughs> Ruben Wiki style. <laughs> um, uh, no, no I, I've never actually torn one up, although I did actually threaten to, t- to tear one up to a young footballer <laughs> one time who I told him if he ever saw me again, I would be tearing up his contract and I tore up a piece of paper, which wasn't the contract. And the bloke ducked me for years. <laughs> if he ever saw me in the street, he just uh, he took off in the other direction. Now, I mentioned that you were working for Venues New South Wales. Uh, that's a fairly new entity, certainly by its labelling, and, and I think it's got a broader remit than maybe some of its predecessor organisations. In essence, what does Venues New South Wales do? It's the, I suppose, the stadia body in New South Wales. So we have six stadia that we, or stadiums that we look after, which are the SCG, the New Allianz, which will be uh, opening soon, uh, Combank and Stadium Australia in the, the West, and also uh, McDonald Jones and Wynn in Newcastle and uh, Wollongong. Um, and the two little entertainment centres or big entertainment centres that go along with those. So of those six properties, effectively, we look after those. Obviously, New South Wales focused. Do, do you feel that that means you miss out on opportunities? I mean, there was news during the week that the final KISS concert, and I went to the KISS farewell tour in 2000, but uh, they're apparently doing their last ever Australian concert and it was scheduled for Queensland Country Bank Stadium, uh, the home of the North Queensland Cowboys. But lo and behold, scheduled for September, they're going to make the playoffs. So it was relocated to Seabus Super Stadium, which is where the Titans play. Yeah, that's right. No playoffs threatened there. Do you ever get into these cross-border opportunities where you might be able to attract content, which is, this state desperately needs right now? Well, it, it is fair to say that the tours... Um, 
there'll be many, and you'll, you've, you've obviously, there's been a few mentioned in the paper. I think Justin Bieber's out and the like, but there are others. There's this kind of, in Sydney anyway, now going to be this sort of tour season and the American acts will come down, which will hopefully be just post-rugby league, just pre-cricket for us on the stadiums. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I love to see lots more. I mean, obviously, we're all a bit um, uh, concert-starved in the last few years, and that's been yeah, a big part of our lives, I know, certainly yours. I was surprised about that. I, it's it just I couldn't quite work out how Kiss and the and the and the the Cowboys couldn't get it on together because it's you know it's, it's such a it's such a music town. Well, know? you know certainly the they I think in the current uh, tour they descend from the ceiling at the opening of the show with Detroit Rock City, uh, the three guitarists on platforms. You would have loved to have seen Tal Malolo, <laughs> uh, maybe Drinkwater, Hill and Luki, Hill and Luki, well, huge fan, massive Kiss massive fan. Kiss fan he, he's he's a huge fan of the period where they took the makeup off. <laughs> That's you know right. when. When they released Lick It Up, a young Helium Luke said, this is my band. So opportunity missed. Though Big Tino still has probably got the hair for it. He certainly does. So, yeah. So yeah. look forward yeah. to it. Now, uh, Venge New South Wales, obviously responsible for, is it going to be called Allianz Stadium? It is, yeah. And I believe you've just moved into the new digs there. Just give us a flavour of what the Rugby League punter, I think September 2 is the first game? Three. September I'm, 3? I'm going to know. I think uh, it's September 2 uh, or 3. There's a Friday night um, uh, Roosters Rabbits, which yes. is obviously the replay of, or the homage, you might say, to the uh, last great game that was played there before it was pulled down. Um, that was the semi-final in 19. Um, and then there will be uh, an exciting – the next night will be the Wallabies. We'll play South Africa. And then the Tuesday, uh, which a lot of people are super excited about, is um, uh, Matildas against Canada. So the three. Sorry, I switched off after you mentioned the roosters <laughs> and rabbits. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Tigers, tigers on next Wednesday, maybe. Yeah. yeah so uh, Friday, September second. Yeah, that's right. So it's great. It's um, it's uh, we've moved in. It looks incredible. I think one of the things that most um, footy fans, league fans, but we're league league podcast league fans, will have the most is there's not a bad seat in the house. The usual thing. The sides are as steep as they are, or even steeper than um, than Combank, which is I think has been an absolute you know um, game changing stadium in terms of um, what I've seen out there. The thing that's really going to arrest the eye is this fantastic seating um, uh, coloring, uh, you might say, uh, by a guy Tony Albert, who's an award winning Indigenous artist. It's called Two Worlds Colliding: Water and Land, and it's kind of a the colors are incredible. So it, it looks fantastic. It's a, there's a real theme there. There's also, you know, obviously this is a, it'll be a bigger thing, but there's an incredible welcome to country, which is done by these visual artists um, and a lot of um, LARPA is female elders. And they've been just, you know, completely fantastic. It, it'll it'll look uh, sensational. So, you know, I was hoping, I, I'm, I think we've spoken about previously, there are things you do as a kid that you'd like to see later in life. And my personal favourite was um, going past Golf House in the train all those years ago and watching the guy, you know, chip oh, the down ball. Sharpies, Sharpies absolutely. Yeah. one of the greats. So you hope that kids who will go in the next little while will be the sort of kids who in years come go, yeah, I can't remember when they started that that first sort of this. It's it's not a welcome to country in the traditional way that a person gets up and says welcome. It's a sort of a story. And it's 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 mind-blowing. It's fantastic. So the whole the whole experience will be great. Um, I'm a you know obviously a, a big believer, but I think for you know footy fans generally, I think they're going to love it. There's a community day, a couple of other days in advance. So what I'd say is uh, check check the website, have a look. Uh, there's a lot to lot to love. I'm hearing fire up alumni. Stephen Ferris might be DJing at the <laughs> grand opening. Now, any uh, sour grapes from your suggestion of the Barracks Stadium name being dropped? Ah. Uh, <laughs> My suggestion, thank you. Yeah, thank you. There's Sorry, no, no, I've no, just outed you. No, that's right. There's nothing I love more than a fight over 
who was the most influential person from your club? Uh, just yeah, I, I'll stay right out of it. I think I'll, I think I'll call it the Benetti stand. It might make, make it safer in those circumstances. And will I be able to hit a button and have a drink arrive in my seat? That's that's <laughs> if, surely Nirvana. If you're sitting next to me, yes, but, but otherwise no. And, uh, and it's it's um it's that that whole part of the experience will be fantastic. And finally, I have seen the on the Roosters website the uh, computer animation, uh, which is like a drone doing a sweep over a Roosters game under the new configuration in the stadium. And, of course, it, it, the vision suggests that the stadium is completely sold out. Uh, has fair trading been on to you <laughs> for misrepresenting what the ultimate product will look like? All I can say is it could happen. I'm not saying it will. One last question about Venues New South Wales. Uh, the rugby union test apparently was on there after some, gee, what was it, uh, 36 years since they played a test match there. And apart from... Uh, someone calling Eddie Jones a traitor for coaching England, I guess, because he's Australian, though funnily enough, I believe the Wallabies are coached by a New Zealander. But anyway, uh, was that a gentleman uh, ended up on top of the Bill O'Reilly stand and had to urinate. Is the signage not good enough there (laughs) at the moment? You know, because, or was he just basically commenting what we all felt about rugby union? (laughs) What's the venue's New South Wales position on this? It's a a complicated position, you might say. It certainly was an act of civil disobedience. Um, Just how we got there, I'll never work out, but it's one of those uh, classic moments of you don't think a person could quite find their way there until, of course, they are there. He was, um, yeah, I I thought it was one of those, uh, not to make light of it in any circumstance, but I thought it was quite funny. Once he got there, what do you do next? Like <laughs> You let your freak flag fly. That's what you do. That's what you do. And a comment on the game. Now, you mentioned the Roosters' victory, and I look at the scoreline, 54 over the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 26, and I've decided we won't talk about it now. But I do want to talk about the West Tigers before we go to the break. A wonderful win in extra time, Golden Point by our women in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership on the weekend, 21-20 over the Sharks. The Sharks, yes. We weren't successful against a weakened... Penrith Panthers out at Combat Stadium on the Sunday. And uh, it generated a fair bit of controversy. And our interim coach, Noddy Kamali, had this to say about Penrith Panthers. I mean, I had a rough. I told my old man I'm sick and tired of running around in circles. He got mad. He nailed down my other foot. I mean, that's a story of my life. No respect. I don't get no respect at all. Well, you know, it's Ivan Cleary and I have described him as the most evil man in rugby league and it just seems to be another example. Wouldn't you agree, Stephen? Many, many times, Chris. The other thing, very briefly on the Tigers, is to give due credit to a story that probably hasn't had enough coverage. This announcement of the Holy Trinity, as I refer to the Sheen's Marshall Farrer package that will take us to a gleaming future... Justin Pascoe, the CEO of West Tigers, highlighted an issue that seems to be the driving narrative, and this is about having West Tigers' DNA surging through the club, and it's about putting together a rock-solid coaching plan for the next five years. We've established on Fire Up that rugby, D- rugby league DNA is very, very important. How one distinguishes what Tigers' DNA is different to Roosters' DNA, I don't know if you've got any insight on that. No. No, I do not. Although I, I am interested that he... Um did say West Tigers DNA, which is good. Um, because it's a start. It's a start, exactly right, because it it, it did look very Tiger-centric, the DNA, uh, after, after the, the, the earlier point. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I could ever imagine 
a coach, uh, given more of a sort of a difficult time than Benj might have. But he he really is a quality person, isn't he? And I think he'll um, I think he'll make a quite quite a fist of it. But the real hero that um, has put the noses of Nine Media pundit Danny Widler out of joint, of course, is Buzz Rothfield. So we heard on the weekend that there was a coming together of the West Tigers management and uh, the News Limited press to break bed at what has been described by Widler as Justin's second home Grappa restaurant. And look, as someone who's had lunch with Justin at Grappa, it's a terrific place to do some work. You know, I love those people put the picture of my office today and it's just, you know, Grappa. Yeah. Uh, Buzz was talking about his interaction with our super coach, Tim Sheens, and how Sheens was open to suggestion. And in his article, Buzz says, he was sharp as attack, heavily focused, and excited about recruitment opportunities and the next wave of young players coming through the juniors. Let me tell you about our Harold Matts win sometimes, Stephen. Yes. And maybe even the opportunity of bringing Benji along for the ride. So Buzz says, so I asked him, uh, why don't you coach the team for a couple of years and mentor a young coach? He answers straight away, yes. Did you realise that the future of our club has been set in stone by Buzz Rothfield? I do now. Uh, I do now. It's the surprising thing would be that Coach Sheens, who obviously is an eminently uh, capable coach and administrator, never had the thought himself until he spoke to Buzz. So you know, um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time, isn't it? Watching the two rival sporting networks do their thing as to whether this leads to. I, I, all I can hope is that it allows the Tigers a little bit of breathing space to be able to put together a side without being yelled at every week. Uh, there were some great, I thought you, you may not see much of it. There were some great green shoots on the weekend. I thought the Dewey performance was fabulous. You got some reasonable forwards. Penrith might've missed seven, but they've still got like 10 really good players. I'm, um, I, I just don't death ride the Tigers like News Limited do or, or did. I just want to say that um, on behalf of all West Tigers fans, uh, we thank you Buzz Rothfield and hopefully we don't need I've been known to tie one on and honky tonk till half past three. But the party don't get started till my baby pours her love on me. Yeah, she's a hundred proof. Lord, she's smooth. She makes me moan all night long. So I don't need the booze to get a buzz on. Her sweet love that packs a punch and keeps me higher than a Georgia pine. My southern comfort don't come in a bottle. I get a double shot of love homegrown. So I don't need the booze to get a buzz on. I've been covering football for four decades and I do not understand it. Different. Why? Well, one happened at night time. Fair enough, I'm wrong again. <laughs> I, I really like the fact that this show is one of the few media outlets in town that actually hold the guy accountable.
Clean bold. All right, Jackie, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Out to the pavilion. So nice. Jake Trevojevich, oh, he truly is the nicest, the nicest man guy. in the game. Well, he just felt like the whole thing was very nice. Case it's the world's there. nicest man saying nice because he yeah. is. He's just... Another, a nice person. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that Jake was the nice guy, but... Um... Game. Game. Oh, my yeah. God. He's, he's the heart and soul. Oh, absolutely. Team. And he's yeah. good for a spray. Do you think yeah. he's saying nice while he's spraying people? <laughs> How proud are you of him and his performance and backing up tonight? It must have been nice for you. So there we have another week, another Jake Trevojevich interview where he says nice. And after what, how long have we been doing it? Like a like a month now or something? I'm calling it moratorium on Jake Trevojevich saying nice. As we should. And obviously we've jumped into in our second segment, Media Watch with Pantsman Pat. And you pointed out uh, some very blue language from Jake Trevojevich on the sideline. Mm. And I don't think we can assign any moral value to someone because they catch COVID. I got it. But Jake's now got COVID. So things aren't going that nice for him at all. Also, we've got we've been talking for a few weeks about when a player comes in, they've got a catchy name. When do you... And they use the cliche. So Cotter. And it's in his first game commentating Cotter is used. Welcome back, Cotter. With like no context related to him coming back or anything it's just this thing sounds like that thing so it's good enough and then on the other hand we had uh Lockie miller came in and peter Saltis has said miller time when he's made a length of the field try in his, his debut that's very good so we got the new broncos 58 ezra ma'am so so the obvious one being wham bam thank you ma'am right so in his first game of q car they've used that for his try that was that was last year uh, this might be about 12 games in, and Dvorsky's uh, finally got one. Slammed ma'am down, but slam bam, no thank you ma'am, it's a penalty to Brisbane. And I've been sitting on this for a while, that's actually not Vossi's first David Bowie one. I've got tackle two, I have no try. Ziggy says ground Tyrell control, is that, that a try? It's so sad we don't have Dennis here, Stephen, who can pronounce Ziggy's full name perfectly. Yeah, his name's Ziggy Sardust. Um, they, that's an example of, of, you know, the making the game more entertaining and commentators always big up the game. You know, sometimes people say Vossi, he, he might be a little bit hyperbolic in how much he talks, talks up the game. Okay. So Corey Parker, we've been you know critical of, of Corey Parker in, in places. Um, he wasn't doing that. When was the last complete set? Well, it's rubbish. What we're seeing at the moment from these two teams is absolute rubbish. Now we go. We got uh, uh, one of the heavy hitters at the Roosters here, so we're going to have to tackle the Roosters. So this season we've had the rise of big club theory. Yep, I am so big, aware of big club theory. The yes. Roosters have been left out. Last week, Trent Robinson said that if you're wearing a red, white, and blue jersey, you can't expect refereeing decision. It's exactly what he said after the Penrith game. He did say it. He did say it amidst you know in the midst of big club theory. It's it's a stretch that only a, a, a major intellect in the game could make, in my view. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure how much stock I put in anyone uh, after they, they had an outstanding game against Penrith and uh, had got beaten. And there obviously was one decision in the game which was so bad, uh, so so bad. But um, it's it is funny. It is I, one would one would argue that we'd we'd been the recipient of some pretty good calls over the years during the, our rise to big club. Um, whether they've survived that, I'm not sure. Well, we have had uh, 
a spate of of unrooster like performances over what since middle two thousand twenty <laughs> over over two and against any of the top eight teams they tend to be unrooster like these days. Which, they, well, actually, I'd say to you this year it's a little different. I thought last year obviously the injuries were a big issue and we won't go over that. But this year, interestingly, I thought we've really competed well against the big sides. What's been interesting is that we just haven't been able to finish up the, the lower sides. So we've yeah. lost lost those games to Canterbury. Well, lower sides, uh, they're all coming good. Uh, Canterbury, obviously, we lost on Anzac Day, which is something we've been um, successful in the last few years as well. So I, I, I don't know where the team kind of is at the moment. I think they're um, obviously... You've got some um, older players. You've got some younger players who are getting to that 20 to 50 to 75 game sort of thing. But it's certainly – I saw a lot of green shoots, if I can use that expression, in the Penrith game, and I thought we were really good on uh, on Saturday. Well, I'm thinking that Roosters being sort of lower top eight side is the Roosters way. We know what the Roosters way is. It is eyes up, front door footy. Is this maybe the end of, of the Roosters way? Oh, dare I say, eyes up footy. God, I hate that term. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I, just, I don't even know what it means. So, I, as if you, do you play eyes down? I mean, come on. Um, well, uh, having watched the Roosters uh, most of my life, well, nearly all of my life, um, I can remember a long period. We, we came last in 2009. It's, it's, yeah, second it's, last 216. That's right. It was and that, after a horrendous sort of year. Look, I, I think we're a little bit of transition at the moment. Yeah. But cert- certainly we've... Um, We've established we've established a brand. Whether we can play to that brand is a, a different question. Well, well Reverend Pat, can I interject and say that Robbo gave us a bit of an observation on his two hundred and fiftieth game about what football is all about. Um, yeah, it's, it's we just talked about that's the footy life. You know, we've got a game next week, and you, you move on, and you feel sorry for your mate, and you've got to get ready to play again, and, and um, so we'll just support them, and then get them getting. What does that say? That it's just basically life. You get hurt, we move on. There's a sort of an edge to Robbo that I'm seeing in what he's saying at the moment. And it worries me about this uh, metamorphosis into the bad boys. I mean, on the weekend, we saw Matt Lodge make his debut. Fact. We we saw Joey Manu clearly feign an injury in order to generate a try. Fact. Well, how long ago was it the Anzac day where you and Aiken, you and Aiken playing, you know, his... Well, that was tenth game of first grade, 2016. Doesn't get to his feet straight away, and Trent Robinson cries foul. That's He's right. soft. This is a hard game. Forty and now, grand later, we know we know the sins of the past. Now Joey Marnie's faking stubbing a toe, and now we've got Victor the defector. I mean, Victor Radley, who was in the New South Wales Origin squad two weeks ago, now uh, turning out for England. Uh, it, it worries me, Stephen. And I mean, it's about DNA. We've got West Tigers DNA surging through us at the moment. What is the Roosters' DNA? I'm concerned. It's- it used to be Robbo was we need men. That was his thing. We know in boys, we need this man's game. And then Chris just said that he, he footy players. It's a footy team now. We got Matt Lodge. You, you know, don't just call him a football player. That's enough of a label as we'll footy put life. on him. Um, Teddy's on the is in the same boat. He's just a footy player. Footy player, Joey. You can put him anywhere in a team. He'll just play. 
Let's play footy as a footy player. It's important to spend $9.5 million a year on footy players. I think yeah, the especially, the Warriors, so especially if the Warriors will chip in. <laughs> well, know, it's all about circumstance, isn't it? I mean, clubs like to say, oh, we've got a no dickheads policy until they get three key injuries, and then they'll just go, we'll go broader. We just want players. That's right. <laughs> That's so true. Dickheads can apply. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if they're really good. Not that I'm saying play. anyone in particular, in your organisation or indeed in any yeah. rugby league team, 100% fits that category. 100%. They're all wonderful people. They are. So that's that's from me what I've got. Maybe just for the end here, we just touch quickly on Origin. Now, one thing, it's the New South Wales don't get Origin. And there's two players who wouldn't have been selected for New South Wales who didn't want to play for New South Wales, right? And then the thing is, Queenslanders would never would never do that. Except when they did. Because there was Webke retired, what, three years, last three years of his career didn't play Origin? Uh-huh. Jack Reed uh-huh. played for England. He could have played Origin. Could have. Falau, he yes. could have played more Origins. Yes. Carmichael Hunt. Yes. He could have played more Origins. Yep. Carmichael Hunt, Hunt left saying he was bored with rugby league. Are you at odds with Paul Kent on this, Pat? Yeah, I think... Uh, or in we, fact, you're agreeing with him that it's a broader issue in the game. No, I think that the... Um, that New South Wales is like the... Care about it. No one wants to lose. <laughs> Well, you, you, you did highlight um, Gordy on the show. Well, I think it was really interesting because it's obviously been the debate, Stephen, about the um, passion in the jersey. And the, the problem is that a young Tommy Didden grows up wanting to play for Queensland and he promises he won't let the team down, whereas a Jerome Luai and a Brian Ty, and I know you are an enormous supporter of Jerome Luai's work. Massive. Uh, they go, yeah, I'm happy to play for the Blues, but I want to play for Samoa. And uh, Benny said he was insulted by the suggestion, as some of the former greats, i.e. the Laurie Dalys, the Joey Johns have been, that we're less passionate about the jersey. But there was this exchange between Gordon, <laughs> between Gordon Tallis and Benny Elias on 360 last week about this very issue. I did corporates when I first retired. Yeah. There was a couple of New South Wales blokes that got dropped. Yeah. And they go, I hope you, 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 you guys win yeah. so I can get back into the game after. What? Remember you said that you're glad that it's a decider? Yeah. I said, no, I wanted it to be 2-0. Oh, yeah. I, I want it 1-0. No, no, I want it 2-0. Right. I want it 3-0. Because that's what I want. That's what I actually want to beat you every time. I don't want a charity case. I don't the want spectators a spectators want to see the series the one decider, all going no, no, into the hey, decider. Don't be brave. Benny, Benny, the decider was over in Perth. Boring. That's the point. And Boring. we lost the decider. We, mate, we won the first. The decider was in Perth and we missed well, the it. Well, the and given that Gordon Tallis is one of the losingest Queensland players of all time, right there. is that the distinction they're trying to make? Is that Queenslanders just want to win and Benny just wants to entertain? He's, the man who gave us a la carte uh, <laughs> should, should uh, and, and is obviously a, a businessman of some repute. But it, it, but it, I, I guess I guess they're both right in their own way and it is better to see one on. I think Benny's got an eye on that future, but I don't think, I really don't think there's a, a major distinction between the ability or the desire of Queenslanders no. or New South Wales people to, to win or otherwise. What I did find surprising is that um, we weren't able to motivate Latrell, who clearly looked pretty good to me on Sunday night, and his one man uh, assault on you know a, a certain holder of a certain jumper on the other team. Matt Burton, thank you, and uh, and Radley, who I would have thought was the you know Victor's the most purpose built um, player I've seen. For State of Origin. How old is Radley now? I guess twenty-four. Okay. I, I think he's not old. Okay. You know? And obviously, there's yeah. you know, there's been circumstances have have, have delayed his um, his uh, elevation in that area. Yeah, big but, time. Yeah, I, I look. I, I do you think he could be getting? You know, he's maybe thinking he's very similar to Cam Murray. 
they've been grouped sort of sort of nearly two sides of the same coin that maybe he's thinking that well these are my best years physically well, he's, he's he wants got, to be playing he, in the big games yeah. and maybe that's his best avenue well he has and, he, and, and he's another ball playing lock and he's got yeah. Yeo and, and Murray in front of him yeah. it might be he's thinking I don't know I'm not privy to that but um, you know I just I look at him and I think he was the sort of he's the sort of guy I would have thought in game three would have been you know fantastic really yeah. would have, really would have been because certainly he's got a, uh, a superior motor to most football. We just have a, a whole forward pack of locks and whole back line of fullbacks. Well, if you remember the period in which we um, weren't going so well against that, you know, superstar and stellar Queensland teams with, you know, your, Chris's favourite footballer, Cameron Smith and many others, um, about the only time we ever really looked good was when the legendary Bruce brothers were out there, you know, in, in Gallon and Bird, both Bird. of whom were, yeah, Bird, uh, both of whom were, more to the Radley thing. They weren't, you know, they just ran around. They just had yeah. superior engines. They smashed everything. Play direct. Play direct. Eyes up footy. Eyes up footy. Thank you. Two things that occurred to me there. First of all, on the Map Burton situation, I can't actually untangle that intellectual pretzel <laughs> because it seems to me that what Latrell has done is decline the opportunity to play in the Origin jersey in order to uh, use as motivation to play for the Rabbits the fact that he wasn't in the Origin jersey and take it out personally on the person who was in the Origin jersey. It so was, by not playing Origin, he's motivated by Origin. It's, it's, it's push, hard to unravel. Pushing boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And of course, in what has been a great weekend, as everyone's pointed out, for all Cameron Smiths. I mean, Cameron Smith is just the rugby league player. He's just in the middle of everything. He's in between the SBW gallon dispute yeah. with the eyes wide open. He's next to Joey when he's whinging about all the bullshit that Queenslanders go on, which I think we all understand. Uh, but he's had a stand named after him at Amy Park, the Cameron Smith stand. And I don't know if any of you have, either of you have seen Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell movie, but a portal into hell can open up anywhere. And my betting is get yourself a ticket to the Cameron Smith stand at the Amy Park and you're a 50-50 chance of meeting Mistopheles himself uh, in, in a fairly warm environment. What else have you got for us, Pat, on what has been a very, very unusual episode where I'm declining given the uh, agency of time to do my Arara Valley axes or indeed... Well, no, I'll give you a quick reason to dislike the Parramatta Eels. Having to watch Gutho hurl on the park the other day. But what have you got else for us, Pat? That's all, that's all from me. Stephen? All right, thank you, Chris. I, I encourage everyone to get I out. I give you the floor. No, no, thank you. I, I encourage everyone to get out to the new stadium. You'll love it. Uh, league fans will, um, uh, will look at it and, and wonder why we didn't have it earlier. It's been an absolute delight to have you. We've been operating on unusual circumstances. Your flexibility has surprised me, and you've done extremely well under the pressure. I just want to leave with a couple of remarks. First of all, it's been revealed that the other voice on Blue that decided was Jonathan Thurston. Who knew? Apparently, Ray Warren didn't even know. He doesn't strike me as a voice actor. No, but, you know, and that's probably why they put him down in the mix, you know. But uh, you mentioned before, Pat, about how uh, commentators like to have fun with names and fairly obvious things, and we're certainly not above that. And I thought that there was an event on the weekend that means we'll leave you with a little bit of a musical interlude. So... Jojo, Jojo Fafita made his debut for the Gold Coast Titans. What a debut. And it's they talk about origin being too pantherized. Rugby league has been Fafitaized at the moment. <laughs> Stephen, you remember the great John Fafita who played for the St. George team back in the day? He did. He was I think he played about 80 games, the great John Fafita. He, he was the subject of one of my all-time favorite comments is when the doctor, St. George doctor was asked, could he go back on the field? Did he have a broken arm? He said, I don't know. You've got to understand. John doesn't feel pain like everybody else. He he was one of the greats. John Fafita probably went to, Car went to Castleford after that. <laughs> he had 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 had, had mm, excuse me had handling issues though. He did had trouble hanging on. Jewfish cutlets as he used to say. But we've got David Fafita. Not that you would have known it from watching that game. 
You've got Andrew Fafita turning out for the Sharks and doing an effective job off the bench. You've got Daniel Saluka Fafita. Thank you. Who went from the Roosters to the Rabbits? To the Rabbits. Is that an Eddie Jones trader situation? Oh, Steve? I don't. No, I think no, he no. started at South. He every everyone starts at South. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, but if you've got JoJo on the field, well, you forget uh, other Fafita, Dea, Andrew's brother, who's over in Super League. Yeah, yes, David. that's another David, David, David too. Yeah, David. Yeah, terrific. Yeah. yeah, but if you've got a JoJo on the field in rugby league. There can be only one theme song. We're going to leave you with that. Thank you very much. You've been on Fire Up. We'll see you next week. Thank you. music him i'll tell you that much <laughs> oh my god i can't believe what young blokes listen to these days